The Dave Smith Show continues on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Dave Smith. Second half underway, Washington State, Oregon tied at 17. This is a uh, absolute must win for Oregon. Because there's a little tiny small window of opportunity to get into the college football playoff if, uh, if they went out. But a much greater possibility to be winning the Pac-12 and going to the Rose Bowl. That, that looks like it very well could happen. Let's talk travel. Most of us do a little travel throughout the year. How are you booking your hotel rooms? I've got a suggestion for you. BestHotelRates.com. BestHotelRates.com has negotiated special rates with over 600,000 hotels worldwide and extended these discounts to you. Simply go to BestHotelRates.com, plug in your destination dates of travel, and voila. You're looking at a discounted rate for many of the hotels that you could pay more for somewhere else. Save your money. Book your hotels through besthotelrates.com. Top-notch customer service backs up your reservation so your stay is safe and secure. Besthotelrates.com. Start planning your next trip today. It's in the name, besthotelrates.com. All right, out to the guest hotline right now, our resident NBA expert and also a tremendous actor and speaker as well, kind of the jack of all trades, not like Dave Smith, who's the who's the jack of all trades and the master of none. He's conquered Hollywood. He's conquered the NBA and the speaking world. It's the great Bill Horrenda. What's up, Bill? How are you? Great to be with you again. And the Suns are trying to conquer the Clippers uh, up by nine late here, just about two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And so many great storylines, some surprises, many of them positive, some negative uh, in the NBA. It's been a terrific first week of the season. Absolutely a terrific first week, and the Clippers uh, beat the Lakers by 10 on opening night. Then the Lakers bounce back with a win over the Utah Jazz. And uh, what, what do you think about this Laker team and the pairing of AD and LeBron? Can both of them stay healthy this year? Yeah, you, you know, it's a great point, Dave. Health is something that uh, you always strive for, uh, and it's so unpredictable. And, of course, injuries are the worst things in sports. Uh, so from that standpoint, I think, you know, you just hope for the best. And, you know, uh, someone like LeBron and really all of these players uh, take such good care of themselves down to nutrition uh, and all types of uh, physical therapy. But it is a marathon, not a sprint. And you just got to hope for the best. And I'm sure that Frank Vogel and his staff uh, certainly uh, are sanguine that it'll be a, a healthy season for the Lakers. And that certainly can propel them to great heights. I saw that uh, Ben Simmons made a three-point shot in the preseason. He hasn't attempted one yet, at least uh, I don't think so, looking at the box score here tonight. And uh, I know there was a, there's a bar in Philadelphia that is promising free drinks for everybody in the house when he makes his first three-point shot. <laughs> well, it may be time to relocate. Uh, I may eschew the cheesesteak, but that sounds like a good deal. And I think uh, maybe a prudent investment uh, for that bar owner. And listen, uh, speaking of injuries, I know Embiid uh, did not play today. Uh, and, you know, that's one of the things, again, that you look at uh, durability over the long term. I'm sure the Sixers are hoping that, uh, that Embiid uh, remains healthy. Uh, but again, for Simmons, I think it's interesting how you've got 450 of the best players in the world, but they each still have things to work on. And a terrific distributor, excellent vision, uh, but that is certainly part of his game. If he develops that, Dave, certainly the opposition will not be able to go under the high pick and rolls. It'll just help him and help the Sixers. And it's a developmental, developmental area 
that we've seen so many bids uh, from Brooke Lopez, DeMarcus Cousins, and others. I- I'm confident that Simmons can develop it, but certainly that may not be uh, in his repertoire as a primary shot at, the- at this current time. You know, Bill, I loved Shea Gilgis-Alexander last year as a rookie with the Clippers. I thought he had tremendous upside and great potential, and I could see why that the Clippers were desperately trying to keep him when they were making that Paul George trade. They were trying to throw everybody in and keep him, but Sam Presti, to his credit, he knew what he was looking at with Shea, and uh, and, uh, and he said no deal unless you include him. And, you know, the Clippers didn't have any choice because if they don't get PZ-13, they probably don't get Kawhi, so they were forced to do it, but... My goodness, 26 in game one, 28 in game two for Oklahoma City. This kid is really good. Yeah, he, he really is. And to give, you have to get. And, you know, he's shooting 46% from downtown. Uh, and listen, you know, when you look at some of these players in the league, I mean, look at Trey Young leading the league, averaging 38.5 Atlanta, an early surprise at 2-0. and uh, Doncic has been terrific. Carl Anthony Towns. And then you look at like the other end of the spectrum, veteran guys like Derrick Rose and what he's done uh, with the Pistons. So we're seeing some great individual performances early, uh, not to mention the rookies, uh, R.J. Barrett, uh, P.J. Washington, Kobe White with Chicago. Uh, so we've got uh, some really good individual players. That, and as people around the league know and will tell you, the kids today come in with great individual skill sets but I think it's about learning the game, certainly learning the NBA game, and it's a game of men, but we see across the spectrum some really talented players putting up some good numbers early. What do you think about the Westbrook-Harden pairing? I, I don't think it's going to be successful. I, I just, to me, it looks like oil and water, and there's only one basketball out there, but do you think they can successfully play together? I really do, and, and listen, I, I think – one of the things that at least I've learned through the postseason last year and through the years, right, is as much as the priorities are getting to the free throw line, getting to the rim, the corner three, the above the arc three, the mid-range game, listen, the mid-range shot, excuse me, those are the primary shots. But there are times where you just need to score. So I think the Rockets will be fine during the regular season. I think these guys can coexist. Uh, you know, reunited and feels so good, peaches and herb. I think, you know, you may be able to dance to that a little bit during the regular season, but I think their challenge, again, as it is for many teams, what have you got in the half court when you need a basket, when you simply need, you know, a, a, a good shot, Dave, and to get to the rim and not necessarily, you know, just getting to the rim and, and the, the corner three, which, of course, they love. So what have you got? That would be my... Uh, concern in Houston and for a lot of teams. Uh, but I think ego-wise, I think they'll be able to coexist, and, and I, th- I think they'll be fine during the regular season. Postseason could be a different story. What do you think of the Doncic-Prozinkis uh, um, uh, uh, combination in Dallas? They're 2-0 and right now. I know it's early, but uh, these are two, you know, you, you've got Doncic, who's a big guy who can play the point and handle it and do a lot of good things, and we all know about Prozinkis, what he can do at 7 feet 3. Look, so far, it looks like a good match. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about it. I mean, you know, Dave, if you look at Doncic's numbers, again, right, the caveat, as you mentioned, it's still early, uh, of course. 
but he's averaging 29.5 points per game. He's shooting 58% from the floor, 39% from three. Of course, he's magnanimous, distributing 9.5 assists. And from the rebounding perspective, excuse me, 6.5 assists, 9.5 rebounds. So, uh, yeah, that, you know, is such a, a strong combination uh, and Porzingis with his versatility. Uh, again, I think, you know, health becomes a factor when you talk about Porzingis, right? Uh, can he play or, over the long term? That's been a, been a conundrum uh, for him. But if he stays healthy, yes, I'd be very optimistic uh, about Dallas. And they're one of the teams I had them, you know, before the season as an eight seed making the playoffs in the oh-so-tough West. You know, look at this Pelicans team being 0-3 right now, and they've blown leads in all three games. They had double-digit leads in their first two. And you made a good point about the half court and the hammer and finishers. Uh, right now it looks like they've got a bunch of really good players out there, but no no hammer, no finisher, nobody you can give the ball to and you ride his back and win a game. There, I think they'd be 3-0 and if Zion were playing right now. Right, they could be. And, you know, that 0-3, you know, if you contrast that with Sacramento, for example, uh, you know, minus 19.5, scoring margin, uh, defensively major concerns there. But this is an 0-3 with New Orleans. They played without Drew Holiday tonight, and it was a one-possession game and a one-possession loss uh, on the road at Houston. They dropped one to Dallas. They lost in overtime in Toronto. But what you're talking about is one of the most important decisions that NBA coaches face, as Hubie Brown has said so, so uh, frequently and so correctly. Who is your closer? And identifying who that player is. He wants the shot. He can make the shot. He can create and get to the free throw line. If, there, if there's nothing, he can make free throws. And that may be something that Alvin Gentry will uh, discover along the way, and it could be situational. Brandon Ingram put up big numbers tonight. Uh, J.J. Redick, of course, has never missed the playoffs uh, and is a guy who's not afraid of the big shot. But I think that could be something that uh, you know they will – discover as you move along here but i really like that that roster and of course uh you know josh hart did a a very admirable job on james harden tonight and is a real gamer uh so they have a roster dave as you know playing hard in the nba is a skill is the mantra and they have a lot of guys who know how to play hard who do you think's the best team in the east who comes out of there philadelphia milwaukee I, i still think milwaukee Dave, to me, is, you know, the best team in the East. And, you know, if you look at what people around the league value, and what they value is balance and positional size and versatility. And if you look at the Bucks last year, you know, they were fifth in pace, third in offensive rating, first in defensive rating. So that's a pretty strong milieu, all right? And I know that, you know, losing Brogdon to Indiana, Indiana struggled early uh, is tough on them. Wesley Matthews is, is very solid. Uh, but, you know, they've got Corver, they've got other shooting there. Uh, so I, I would still say the Bucks to me, are, are the best team in the East. But, of course, Philadelphia should be much improved defensively, you know, with, with Al Horford, of course. But I, I would definitely stick with the Bucks at this juncture. Now, who are the be- who's the best team in the West? Of course, you got the Lakers and the Clippers as the Vegas favorites, but, boy, Denver's good. Uh, um, uh, Denver's a really good team coming out of the West. And how about Utah and Houston? Yeah, I, 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 exactly. I, well, I love all those teams. They, and Portland. I would say the Clippers. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, listen, when you look at 
you know, the acquisitions of Paul George, who we know now has yet to play, and Kawhi Leonard, automatically, we talked about this over the summer. I mean, to me, in my bones, from a visceral feeling, you recognize this team is going to be tremendous defensively. And it's so rare to have an NBA champion outside of the top 10 in defensive rating. And again, it's about balance. But to me, the continuity... Uh, and the ability for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to, to mesh easily with this existing roster, adding guys like Mo Harkless, good role guys. To me, it's still it's the Clippers uh, in the Western Conference as, as the top team. But I love Denver and talk about continuity there. Uh, and they add Grant and Michael Malone is such a terrific coach, uh, you know, preaching defense and and. and you know, the overall vibe. And I love what he said in training camp. They have a championship mentality, championship aspirations, and they should. That's realistic. I mean, look at, look at Portland as well. as another team that kind of flies a little bit under the radar from a national standpoint. But, you know, Lillard and McCollum are so solid, and Whiteside's been really good for them early. Uh, but I, I still go Clippers in the West. How about uh, you being a Jersey guy? Uh, you know the, the Nets played so long in Jersey. Now in Brooklyn, fifty in, in Game One for Kyrie Irving. But I think without Kevin Durant, uh, it's going to have to be a lot of that for when for them to win games this year. A lot of shots and, and a lot of production out of Kyrie with not much help. Yeah, uh, you know it's, it's interesting because I think the transition there for them is kind of going from the hunter. To the hunted now, Dave. You know, with Kyrie, and, and we know Durant is, is out probably for the whole year. But, uh, you know, I, I think the challenge there is if they can maintain their mentality, their vibe, their culture. And, you know, Chris Torino, their play by play guy, and, and Tim Capture, their color analyst on the radio side, do, do a great job. And they talk, you know, Carino has great chats every game, just as every play by play guy does in the league, right? But those are very educational. I think that may be something that they may have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder that they're not getting a lot of pub nationally. And that was a disappointing loss to, to, to Brooklyn. I'm still optimistic uh, uh, about the Nets. Karis LeVert is a great uh, talent that maybe is not, you know, nationally recognized as yet. And I think there's more, you know, Joe Harris, there's more there. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, I, I love Garrett Temple and, and his, his toughness uh, that he, he brings. Jared Allen is an emerging, you know, nascent big man uh, rim protector uh, in the game. Uh, even guys like David Nwaba, you know, who are just so tough as nails defensively. So, uh, again, I, I like Brooklyn. I like, well, obviously, you got to love what they, they built there with Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson. But, uh, again, it's such a precarious thing in the NBA. We see it all the time, right? San Antonio pushed to the brink by Washington uh, today. There are just no gimmies. San Antonio won that game, but there are just no gimmies, and that's what makes it fascinating. Uh, the competition is so intense. Great stuff, Bill. you got to come into the studio one time since you live out in L.A. <laughs> Dave, I know. Next time I am in, I am Absolutely. definitely, definitely going to do it. I said it last time. I apologize. All right. Thanks, Bill. There he goes, the great Bill Horenda, actor, speaker, NBA expert, college basketball analyst with Dave Smith here at SB Nation Radio.